live from the Poly Market Studio in LA. It's the Young Turks. Friday, welcome everyone to the TYT Power Panel. I am John Idarola, but forget that. Let's get to more important matters, including that to my, I guess, your left. Sharon Reed's back. Hey, Sharon, how's it going? Good to have you on the it's main popping show. Up everywhere. Thank you. Great to have you here. Contributor to TYT Sports, uh, often joins me on TDR. And you know who else does? Because they're not banned from the show. Mondale, good to have you back. Mondale Robinson, welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Great to have you here, contributor to Rebel HQ, everybody already knows that. But great to have you both here because we have a lot of news to talk about. I don't know if you guys heard, but this special counsel report came out. And there's been some consequences of it, I will say that, and some responses. And we will add to those. And in addition to that, we've got an election coming up later this year. And both the states and the federal government are getting ready for it. And you might think, oh, you mean like printing ballots and stuff. No, I mean like distributing tourniquets and running live shooter drills. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And everybody, I assume in the audience is familiar with Sean Hannity having live broadcasted a, an assault of a US citizen on his show. Well, he's finally addressing it and we're gonna evaluate what he has to say about that. But that's coming up later on the show. We're gonna start with the big domestic news story of the day, starting with this. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or if he passed away. So that was, of course, President Clint Eastwood, sorry, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, clearly angry about some of the comments peppered throughout the special counsel's report on the Biden section of the classified documents investigation. And look, considering the subject matter, we can understand why he'd be angry. Talking about his failing memory is one thing, talking about how that memory affects his ability to remember things having to do with his family's own personal tragedies is certainly another. Now, bear in mind, Long term, the most important consequence of that report is that the special counsel did not advise pursuit of charges against Biden for the classified documents. So in theory, this report could have been good news for the president. But instead, it was filled with descriptions of him and his memory that are already being seized on by his political opponents. And we wanna give you some examples of that, including this. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, 
quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, in 2009, am, am I still vice president? That's the quote. Uh, goes on to say he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. And uh, we're gonna get to the consequences of what the special counsel thinks about that. But I wanna pose a, pause on that for just a second because Look, I think that if you've been paying attention to American politics, perhaps if you've been getting news about American politics from TYT, from the shows on this network, then you understand that Biden has had issues with his memory and with his ability to express himself. And if that's a thing that people find concerning or if that affects their vote choice, then that seems legitimate. And so I don't consider myself to be like a blind defender of Joe Biden. That said, these particular things that he's pointing out, I don't think that demonstrates at all what he thinks it demonstrates. Like when he says he quote, did not remember when he was vice president. That makes it sound like he doesn't remember being vice president. And by the way, it's already popping up in ads on True Social and Donald Trump's feed. They have that quote, he does not remember when he was vice president. But that's not the issue, he doesn't remember which year. Okay, I, I don't remember exactly which year I started particular jobs. Is that the most important thing? Am I being petty here? Or how about this? He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. As if he's forgotten the entire thing. Not to make this personal or whatever, when I was much younger, I lost my father. I do not have any issues with my brain or my recall. I don't remember what year that was. You know, sometimes personal tragedy actually makes it harder to remember the specifics. The brain might block it out. And so that seems like such an incredibly petty thing to remember, as if that's what's most important. What year you lost your kid, that's what you're gonna add into this report. The report, by the way, was 350 pages long. And the takeaway is, we're not going for charges against Joe Biden. One would say you perhaps could have cut some of that. It didn't need to be 350 pages, particularly when the content is stuff like, he didn't remember some of the specifics of a traumatic memory that probably hurts him every time that he considers it. I don't know, guys, I, I wanna go to the panel now. I'm gonna start with you, Sharon. What do you think about this? Again, it's not to say that he doesn't have memory problems, yeah. but I feel like these are weird things to focus on. It's not just weird, it's filthy, it's dirty, it's nasty, and it's politics. And we need to stop playing this game, okay? Special prosecutor her. And I don't know why Mike Pence got just a one page letter and a several month investigation and this president got 15 months. He misspeaks a lot, okay? He walks slow. You know what else? Joe Biden has been misspeaking for decades, okay? He has stuttered and he's been open about that since he was a child. So let's cut the crap here. Let's, this is so filthy to attack this man's dead son. It's filthy. And by the way, special prosecutor, I understand. I've never done the job. I shouldn't be telling you how to do your job, but I am. We didn't send you there to find out about when he was vice president, all facts that we know about. He was elected, duly elected to office. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but I find this to be just disgusting. And I find any attempt to kind of like make it like it's just part of the job, disgusting too. I am an American with a mostly good brain and I can smell filth and I smell it here. I, I kind of uh, 
want to just sound the alarm on two things or three things here that people seem to be forgetting. The fact is, if you read the heart of this uh, this 380 page, 350 page document, it is clear that the evidence did not support charges. He said that over and over. What was mentioned 23 times was something about Joe Biden's memory. Unfortunately, if people paid attention, even in the citations, like on page, um, excuse me, 238, like the 11th citation, he actually talks about Joe Biden having the ability to. Uh, save in memory talking points, something politicians don't do, right? And then people go on to the next page where they talk about his traumatic loss, memory loss, or him being limited. The truth of the matter is, when we're talking about somebody's memory, we should have an expert doing that. This is a lawyer, not a psychiatrist, not mm -hmm. someone who's been trained to offer their opinion. Lastly, if this report was subjected to normal like DOJ uh, advanced viewing, none of that would have made the cut. It is tacky to talk about this person's memory in this context when you should have just left it at what the evidence is. But what we see here is extremely political. What do you mean, Mundell, extremely political? Let me tell you, her is a lifelong Republican doing the bidding of Republicans. And he couldn't charge Joe Biden because there was no intent. There was no intent to keep these documents, and he knew that. So what he could do to save face with Republicans and the likes of Donald Trump and others was to go and give Donald Trump a bone, give Republicans a bone because he couldn't give them a charge. So what we should be focused on is that all of this investigation, millions of documents showed us what we already knew. Joe Biden, as soon as these documents turned up, turned them over. John and John and also Sharon, we both know that Trump is being charged for documents, not because he had them, but because he lied about them and tried to keep them. And that's what people mm -hmm. are missing in this conversation. We ain't even talking about the fact that when when a special counsel um and well, we should say the special counsel then, because there's been so many special counsels that interviewed Trump when the first one in 2019 did, Murr, Burr, right? No one. No one talked about the fact that Trump said 30 times in an interview that he could not remember or recollect <laughs> the conversation. 30 times in that one interview. So this is just BS political stunts that people want to talk about. And you hear Republicans talking about, wow, this is damning, but it's not damning that Trump did what he did in his interview. It's, it's just mm -hmm. tacky, man. Yeah, and no one, you know, coming out of that speculated about how there could be sort of like a genetic thing because it seems like both Donald Trump as well as his kids, when they're questioned, they often can't recall things that in theory they should, and they're much younger. Why is their brain rotting so quickly? And, and you're totally right. And again, because I am committed on a daily basis to making sure that everyone on all sides of the political spectrum hates me, I'm not saying that Joe Biden doesn't have memory problems or that he isn't much slower than he used to be or that that can't be a concern. But how is it a concern of the special counsel here? Particularly when, as Mondale points out, they're already saying they're not gonna charge him and it could be that they're not gonna charge him for things that have to do with the memory. I mean, he does go on to say in the report that Biden could present to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And if that was your only reason to not go forward with charges, that sure we could do it, we have intent, but he's gonna look like an old guy with just a bad memory, so we're not gonna be able to make the charges stick, then fine. Make your make your case for why that was your, your focus in the report. But when you're saying he participated willingly in the investigation, he sat down for two days of interviews. He gave up the documents, he didn't destroy evidence. He seemed to be as committed to participating in this as possible. 
then why do you need any of the memory stuff? You already have explained why you're not going forward, except that as Mondale said, you could be covering your ass. Now that said, regardless of what hers reasoning for including these references to Biden's memory is, Biden is now facing questions from the media, including someone who is technically a part of the media, Fox's Peter Ducey. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's what your memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, President. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. Come on, Peter Deuce, you got to give him a smile. That that was funny. I mean, I understand that he's besmirching you, but you know that you've earned it. Come on. Anyway, uh, that's the sort of question that he has been opened up to, thanks to the report from the special counsel. And my guess would be that we're only going to hear versions of that every day for the next six months or so. There's going to be a lot of it, and as we've said. He does actually have some memory problems. I don't know that it has anything to do with the death of his son, but he does make mistakes. He slips up, he has trouble communicating. In fact, sometimes he mixes things up. So even during that press conference, which of course designed to reassure people of his mental state, he made a mistake as you'll see in this video. As you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. So there he said Mexico when he meant Egypt. I think we all understand that. Well, actually many Republicans probably wouldn't know even if you wrote out all the words which one is which. But but those who follow American politics know what he means, but he did mix it up. And so there's, as, as we'll get to maybe after our break, that's something they're gonna jump on as well. Mondale, I'm gonna go back to you. Um, he is going to try to be forceful in his response. He's gonna try to reassure people. Um, what do you think about it, uh, his chances of doing that, considering that he does make mistakes like the, the Mexico-Egypt thing? Listen, John, I, I literally just gave a passionate response to something that you asked in, in my first speech. And I made a mistake. I said uh, the special counsel was Bill Burr when we know he was the attorney general. People misspeak when they're talking. This is this is not uh, about memory loss. He had a, a very comprehensive understanding of the topic that he was talking about. The idea that misspeak means your memory is gone, then everybody has memory problems in this country. Here's what we should be talking about, the facts. The facts are this special counsel wasted all of this American time to give us what we wanted. And this document was so long and the investigation was so thorough because he knew he had nothing. In his document, he laid out every defense on why a jury would not convict Joe Biden. And it had nothing to do with his memory. The problem is this country is so divided as it pertains to partisanship that people will go this far and ruin their reputation if her had a reputation worth keeping or protecting. The truth of the matter is though, we do have two elderly men running for president that are three or four generations older than youngest voters. And we should be talking about, is this the best that America can offer? Sharon? I'll take that. No, it's not the best that America can offer. Here's a couple of thoughts. If you're gonna call me old, call me cranky too. I like the Joe Biden who tells people to shut up. And that's what he should have said to Nepo baby from Fox. He should have told him to shut up and sit down, okay? And then he should have turned on the media and said, 
Um, you're the ones with the memory problem. Whether you like my policies or not, I've gotten done more than you have. That's what he should have said. I like combative Biden in this case. If you're gonna attack me, if you're gonna attack my family, then it's time to come out swinging. I'm sick of Merrick Garland, okay? If you wanna be a good guy, be a good guy and read over the report if you have that ability and censor it there and not really care about what people are gonna say because they're gonna say it anyway, okay? You've now turned, I say you, this whole Biden is old and Biden can't remember things. Into Biden is sympathetic to people like me. Maybe the last 24 hours, I don't know. But this whole thing is a disgrace. They're two old white guys, and they've both seen better days, okay? They both have experience, one at ruining the country and getting a lot of charges against him. One at stumbling and bumbling on places like the Breakfast Club and other places. But he's done a lot, including with the country's first black president. Whether you like it or not, we're not even there yet. But her needs to have several seats. And I didn't ask him to spend $3 million on this sham of an investigation that lasted 15 months and called the President of the United States, basically a soccer who's seen better days, who needs to be committed to a nursing home. That's really what he's saying here. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, the joke could end up being partially on her because I think the calculations are what both of you have described. And, you know, the right is going to like that as we're going to get to in our next segment. But he also isn't pursuing charges, which means he is a deep state plant. He's probably being paid, you know, by Jewish billionaires or something like that. Like he's a participant in election interference effectively because he's letting Joe Biden go. Obviously, this is conspiratorial and ridiculous, but that is how it's going to be spinned. Spun all of this. See, I misspoke. I guess my brain is going. All of this in pursuit of protecting his reputation, even if it, in this insane fashion, I think, talks about the death of the guys. Like, you couldn't have left that one part out. That just seems so bizarre to me. In any event, we do want to get to the media reaction to this, and we're going to. But first, we're going to take a break, respond to some of your comments, and we'll be back to it after this. Power panel, Sharon Amondale here as well. Thank you both for being here. We've got more news. We're going to get to the reactions to last night's press conference, starting with this. South Carolina Governor Kristi Noem joins us now, and we're going to turn around some of these sound bites from that insane press conference we just witnessed, where the president almost looked like he was going to jump across and hit somebody for asking him a question. And I I think he's reserving a little something special for the special counsel, Robert Hur, who just said to the American people that the president has issues mentally. So after Joe Biden's press conference last night, right wing media pounced. And they were so eager to start hitting the president that they didn't make time for a little fact checking of their own. Remember, the issue in question is Joe Biden's ability to remember things. To not make little mix ups, little slip ups. What state was she the governor of there, Jesse Waters? South Carolina? That's interesting. Notice, by the way, he didn't realize he'd made the mistake. It's South Dakota. She didn't even seem to notice. She didn't correct him, certainly. You see how that works when someone who you're not trying to defeat politically makes a slip up, you just let it slide by. 
But when it's Joe Biden, obviously it's a much bigger deal. So they're moving on and Sean Hannity literally while talking about Joe Biden last night, butchered both the first and last name of the leader of Germany. The same sort of thing that he critiques Joe Biden on. So it's a thing that happens when you talk, you make slip ups. I'm at some point, I'm sure going to do that through the course of this video. But it is still an issue because regardless of their own failings in this area, they're going to hit Joe Biden on this. And it's not just the media, spokesperson for the Make America Great Again Inc said, if you're too senile to stand trial, then you're too senile to be president. Joe Biden is unfit to lead this nation. You see what he's doing there is the same thing that Fox and Friends did this morning. The report does not say that he was not competent to stand trial or senile to stand trial. It only speculated about what juries might think about him being like a nice old man, but that's not that's not good enough for an ad. So they've made up this thing that he's not competent to stand trial. And so you'll hear that literally hundreds of times over the next few months. It's not true. And Donald Trump, he decided to weigh in, so he posted this. You'll notice, Oh, see, he's gonna, oh, it's Mexico, It's but it's really Egypt. It's the thing that Joe Biden did. And see, look, it's tough if you're Joe Biden, but Trump gets to do this because he has never made a mistake like that. He's never mixed up like the borders of a place or anything. Do you see where I'm going with this? Well, he once talked about Hungary's border with Russia, doesn't have one. But in his defense, he also thought that Viktor Orban was the leader of Turkey rather than Hungary. So I guess if you don't know the leader, you probably don't know its geographic position. And I want you to buckle up because I've decided to scroll down some other ones that he's, some of the hits. Let's see, he mixed up Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi repeatedly. Multiple times, or hey, remember when he talked about revolutionary war troops taking over airports? That's a little bit more concerning about the Mexico-Egypt thing. I think we can all agree. Let's see, Oh, or when he was in Iowa and he thought he was in South Dakota, he literally didn't know what state he was in. Or when he said that Biden could potentially plunge the world into, into World War II. Which I think is cool, I like sci-fi, I like time travel. Or when he confused Jeb and George Bush, or when he confused the leaders of China and North Korea. One of whom, by the way, you'll recall, he exchanged love letters with. And yet he couldn't remember the guy's name, that's a little bit cold actually. Or when he mixed up Biden and Obama, seven different times in speeches and rallies. Or the times he's tried to pronounce words and wasn't able to. Words like beautiful or tax cuts or climate. And rather than just copying to the fact that he made a mistake, he pretended that that's what he meant to say. That he said climb instead of climate and then tried to make it a thing rather than just owning up to the fact that he made a little bit of a verbal problem. Remember when he recalled the tragic attacks in New York City of 7-11, do you recall that? He was there when it happened and he mixed it up with a convenience store. Or, and this is one of the funniest, most petty ones, when he was sitting at a desk and the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook was there and he called him Tim Apple, which is like something a stupid AI would do. Or maybe a puppy if it was capable of speaking. That's the guy who's weighing in on the state of Joe Biden's mind. We could go on, but I'm happy with the current state of things. Sharon, I wanna start with you. What do you think about the right wing reaction to all this? Well, number one, I'm, I could use a Slurpee and now, you, now I want a Slurpee <laughs> and I'm sorry to be distracted like that. Look, the red hat people don't wanna talk about any of your examples. They don't wanna hear any of your examples. They just wanna tighten their hats and keep <laughs> going. And I think this about the reaction, when the truth fails, you go with the lie. And the lie sounds pretty good if you're gonna be a liar because juries are sympathetic to old men unless 
they hate him. And they want to hit him with an $83 million judgment. <laughs> so I mean, the reaction is as expected. Go with the lie. The truth has failed us. Yeah, listen, uh, I, I gotta listen. I, I, as funny as all of this is, and it is hilarious, the, the tragic, the tragic part is a large swath of American population will add this to the fact that they don't believe in America's institution. Her should be disbarred for what he just sold as it pertains to distrust in American institution. He should have put out a legal uh, document that stated the facts. The facts is this is nothing we can prosecute, right? And we should have left it at that. Now, what he's done though is throw red meat to a, a, a ferocious group of folk on the right, including Fox News who will run with this, like you said, until the election. The tragic part about it is while they're doing this, while they're behaving in this manner, tearing down America's democracy in a real way, so much so that we can't even use it to motivate or animate voters to go to the poll because democracy is at threat, because we've burned that bridge. So we are sitting here now dealing with the fact that her, not a psychiatrist, not a mental expert, has put his opinion on Joe Biden, and we're missing the facts. Missing the facts so much that we didn't talk about that we spent as much money as Sharon mentioned earlier on a report to find out what we already knew. There was no intent here, no yeah. legal intent, only to throw a lob to a, a lob ball to Donald Trump, the right wing media, and also all of these people who don't trust our institutions so much so that America will not look like a democracy by the end of this election cycle. 100%. Um, and at, I think Sharon, you might have actually been onto something with the tightening of the hat because I'm thinking that might actually be a prerequisite for simultaneously believing that Donald, that Joe Biden is so utterly incompetent that he can't remember literally anything, even about his own life. And at the same time, he's behind the scenes rigging elections. Hell, he's rigging the Super Bowl just to benefit Taylor Swift. It is weird that they can think both of those things, same things simultaneously. In any event, uh, sorry, what were you gonna say? Real quick, John, I just want to, the rigging the Super Bowl thing is so hilarious to me, especially since Biden turned down the opportunity to politicize the Super Bowl two years in a row. It's tradition in this country where American presidents are interviewed right before the Super Bowl, softball interviews by a, a, a reporter or a journalist that they choose so that, you know, they start off the Super Bowl in that manner. He's turned that down twice so people could just sit back and drink their beers and be, you know, so called proud Americans. Whereas Donald Trump took every advantage he mm -hmm. could to stand in front of football fans to do nothing but make America great again. And I'm still trying to figure out what that great again means yeah. when this is the time where most Americans or the most Americans ever had as much liberty that they have right now. So I'm thinking it's make America great again is a, a synonymous with make America for white people only again. Wow. Feels like that from time to time. Um, I want to turn briefly from Donald Trump to the other Republicans still hanging on uh, to win this thing. Nikki Haley, here's what she had to say. It is unbelievably disturbing that they are showing that they see Biden to not have a good memory, that they see him as diminished, that they see that it's a problem, and they point blank say that. I mean, this is actually dangerous. I mean, I have said, look, people make fun of the fact that I say we need to have mental competency tests. There's a reason 70% of Americans don't want to see a Biden-Trump rematch. The party that gets rid of their 80-year-old candidate is going to be the party that wins. That is Nikki Haley, strong words. 
kind of a glass house. I mean, after all, she's not 80 and she doesn't remember why the Civil War was fought. So, you know, we all have little gaps in our memory, but it's not just her, other Republicans pouncing on the special counsel's report, including a joint statement from Speaker Mike Johnson and a bunch of other Republicans and congressional Republican leadership saying, among the most disturbing parts of this report is the special counsel's justification for not recommending charges, namely that the president's memory had such significant limitations that he could not convince a jury that the president held a mental state of willfulness that a serious felony requires. They're of course leaving off that the special counsel also says there's no evidence that he was willingly committing the crime in the first place and he actively participated in giving the documents back and sat for two days worth of interviews. But they go on to say a man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. But again, man, those glass houses, they'll sneak up on you. Hey, Mike Johnson, remember when like a month ago you were talking about how bad the situation at the border was and how we needed a bill to fix it and then Donald Trump tweeted something and you suddenly forgot everything that you'd ever said on the subject before. To be fair, it's going around virtually every Republican in the Senate and the House is guilty of the same little memory problem. But Mondale, I wanna go to you. Um, this will be the last that we say on this, but Nikki Haley, she's coming at this from a slightly different angle in that she wants to hit Biden, but she's also hitting Trump. So I guess that's a little more fair. What do you think? I think it it lacks like it lacks luster and also uh, integrity, right? This is a woman who said she took a pledge to vote for whoever the Republican nominee is, knowing that they were talking about Trump. So Trump and all of his attacks on her, her family, her real name, um, she's still willing to vote for him, right? The fact that he is dangerous, she's still willing to vote for him. Also, we should not breeze over the fact that this woman on two occasions has basically said the Confederate exists for Southern rights and not to keep black people into slavery, right? So this, these are not small things, especially knowing that the reason her family was able to have a livelihood in South Carolina was because of HBCUs and black people. So the fact that she lived off the money her father made from black people as customers, and then she tried to say in South Carolina in an interview with the, the Confederate, the Sons of Confederate, that the Confederacy deserves its own month like black history, or exactly oh. where if black history is a month, then the Confederacy should have a month is absolutely dastard to me. And it also says that this woman does not have the ability in her young age to pass a mental competency test. Look at me losing my mind. <laughs> now you're good, Mayor, you're good. Can I just say this? Nikki Haley should take an American history competence test. She's already failed it, so we know what the result of that would be. Remember when Don Lemon said that she was Pastor Prime and how outraged she was? She fundraised off of it and everything. He said she's Pastor Prime, she's too old. And now she's speaking on these ages and all this other stuff. It is a mess. And yes, everyone's forgetting a lot of recent history. Mike Johnson doesn't remember that they wanted Ukraine funding tied to the border, okay? The former wrestling coach, you know his name, huh. he said, you know what? I want Hunter Biden hit with dodging a subpoena. He's in contempt, the same former wrestling coach who did that, remember? So this whole thing is a mess and they should all shut up and tell me what you're gonna do for the country. That'll be a short conversation, won't it? Or will you have <laughs> forgotten all of the talking points then? Their minds will certainly be blank in response to that. Okay, I think we're gonna take our second break a little bit early just so we can fully set aside the whole Biden thing until next week. It'll definitely come back then, but we're gonna turn to other news. So I'll see you on the other side of this.
Welcome back to what remains of the power panel, everyone. Thank you for being here. We've got important news to talk about starting with this video. Had you been vice president on January 6, 2021, what would you have done? I stood up for the Constitution. I believe no, it was what an would you have done if you were vice president? Okay. I would not have done what Mike Pence did. I don't think that was the right approach. So that is Representative Elise Stefanik, who used to be a semi-reasonable Republican, but now she is trying out to be Donald Trump's VP. And so she's saying whatever she has to say, including that if she had been Mike Pence, she would not have fulfilled her role, her ceremonial role of certifying the results of the election. And she would have instead attempted to, to whatever extent she could, participate in the ongoing coup. If you don't recall all of the nonsense that was happening back then, we're just gonna quickly run through some of it, including that, of course, we had Donald Trump not just trying to pressure people like Mike Pence, but also Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Let's jump to this. The ballots are corrupt, and you're going to find that they are, and which is totally illegal. It's 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 more illegal for you than it is for them because you know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a you know that's a criminal that's a criminal offense. All I want to do is this: I just want to find. Uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. That is perhaps the most transparently corrupt and criminal phone call we've ever heard. If it's perfect, it's perfect only in those aspects. And it's important that we play that for you because that's the man that Elise Stefanik is defending. That's the man who she says should have been able to overturn the results of the election. The guy who was calling up secretaries of state and not only telling them to just invent votes so that he wins, but implying, threatening them that they could be charged with breaking the law if they don't overturn the results of the election. But to return it to the Mike Pence stuff, of course, Donald Trump had this magical, mystical theory that Mike Pence could just decide, no, I know that you lost the election, but we're gonna give it to Donald Trump anyway. And it's now irrelevant, Mike Pence isn't in power, but Elise Stefanik is trying to signal to Donald Trump that if she is his running mate, then to whatever extent she can help him to evade the will of the people, legal consequences, she is ready to ride with him. Uh, Mondale, I wanna go to you. What do you think of uh, the representative? People shouldn't think this is Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? This is the number three Republican in the House. The Republicans have the majority. This is dangerous speak. Uh, the idea that you should just curtail all of the laws in the Constitution uh, that say how we transfer power peacefully until Donald Trump, to say that you would have not followed those rules should be disqualifying in itself. But in this moment in America, we know this just makes her more qualified to be the Republican vice president candidate. We should also mention that this is the same person who, you know, paraded out conspiracy theories about the great replacement of white American, right? This the replacement theory. So we, I am not surprised. I am though scared, and also, like I said earlier in the show, the fact that we can no longer use America's democracy as a threat because it's been burned so many times in the past. We are in serious trouble. Yeah, we are. We're in serious trouble. And this this woman who used to live, I guess, a little bit in the world of reality is is gone. And when she says she wouldn't have done what Mike Pence did on January 6th, does that include um, running, getting protection, mm. in fear of her life? What are those among the things that she would not have done? I didn't see her going and engaging with these. Um, peaceful people who are just trying to stand up for democracy. I think she probably is someone who was cowering 
and very um, scared. I wonder if her family recognizes her when she goes home anymore because this is just pathetic. She should keep her mouth shut and not sit for these interviews anymore. She used to have a statement on her website that spoke about somewhat semblance of the truth from January 6th. Um, and then, you know, when everybody ganged up on Liz Cheney, she decided to take it down yep. and go with the flow. Yeah, these are, I, I, despite in my free time being a bit of a writer, I don't have the vocabulary to mm. truly describe what I think about people like Elise Stefanik. And Mondale, you made the reference to this is not Marjorie Green, and that that's true. They're two very different sorts of people, and the disdain that I feel for them is flavored by that. Marjorie Green is an absolutely horrendous person, and she would be just as willingly a participant in a fascist takeover of America as Lee Stefanik. But honestly, like Marjorie Green to me feels more like an Alex Jones. Marjorie Green is a person who has never had the intellectual or psychological capacity to be anything other than a true believer. She reads something that she likes, it makes her tummy warm and it's insane, but she doesn't care. She likes how it feels and so that's what she believes. Elise Stefanik is almost worse because Elise Stefanik doesn't believe that any of these things she's saying are true. She has made a cold snake-like calculation in the wake of January 6th that she's not gonna be a Liz Cheney. She's not gonna be an Adam Kinzinger. She's not gonna be ejected from the party. She is going to say whatever she has to say to remain in power. She's hardly alone in that. Ted Cruz bowed down. You had Kevin McCarthy following January 6th after saying that Donald Trump was responsible for it. He then went and kissed the ring in Mar-a-Lago. Many of them have made the same decision, but honestly, she's, it's again, almost worse for her because she's specifically trying to become the VP, which doesn't just mean that she wants to be more of a leader in this attempt to dismantle whatever's left of American democracy. But she also knows that Donald Trump sent a mob to murder her last, the last VP. And she's like, I want that job. I want to be that, I don't care, I might die, my family might be threatened, my family might be killed, but I really wanna be VP. I wanna have that ceremonial kind of non-power and I'm willing to risk America, I'm willing to risk my own life. You, you referenced Sharon there, what she was doing on January 6th. If the mob had found her on January 6th, they might well have brutalized her too. And she knows that as well. She knows all of these things. And still, she's lining up to be a part of this. It is utterly sickening. Any other and thoughts, can I Sharon? Just say, John, uh, yeah, uh, because she, I'm guessing here, but I, I think I'm onto something when I say after that incident, she raced and called her husband, her children. Maybe she was talking with them throughout. She is worse than MTG, who sometimes doesn't know where she is and doesn't know the rules for anything. <laughs> she's worse because she goes home. And she tells those kids, she has to, she can't tell them she's a liar. So she lies to them and tells them things like I'm protecting America and the president is good. And she knows it's a vicious, dirty, stankin' lie. Mm -hmm. It's a stankin' dirty lie. She's worse. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not out here defending uh, MTG. So let's let's make sure our, our followers know that. But I, <laughs> here's, what I, here's what I would say. 
You know, like th this woman, you're right, she don't believe it because on January the 6th, she was not for January 6ers, right? She actually condemned, she called it a tragic and said she condemned their actions, all of that, right? It wasn't until, like you said, she made this calculated thought. And I think in calculation, she's thinking the VP is not a powerless role in this moment because Donald Trump, she's she's not sure how long he's gonna be around. So I think that might be into her calculation as well, trying to you know seed her way into what it will be to be president. Here's the problem with it though. Donald Trump has to win an election and, and as popular as he is in the Republican Party, America is not the Republican Party. Fingers crossed on that one, I'm just gonna say, I hope, but we'll see. Let's um let's fast forward a little bit, okay? We're gonna fast forward to election day and talk a little bit about what we might expect then. In preparation for this year's presidential election, poll workers are being trained. You know, they're trained every cycle, but the training is a little bit different these days. They're being trained on how to counter misinformation, conspiracy theories about how the votes are tabulated, how they're counted, de-escalation tactics, how to get people to de-escalate, to stop perhaps disrupting the voting or perhaps turning to violence. They're even conducting active shooter drills. These are the things that are going on in a number of states around the country in anticipation of the presidential election. And I think we all know what the fear here is. It's a specific sort of political violence that we have every reason to believe could rear its ugly head. In Arizona, the office of the Secretary of State is coordinating those active shooter drills for election workers and has also sent kits to county election offices that include tourniquets to stem bleeding, devices to barricade doors and hammers to break glass windows. A lot of fun there. By the way, the election workers, the poll workers, the vast majority of whom are volunteers have always had effectively thankless jobs. But think about what it means to be a poll worker these days, knowing that you could end up being featured in Republican attack ads. People like Rudy Giuliani could be defaming you across the nation. You could face death threats for the rest of your life. You might well face political violence on election day. Anyone who serves in that capacity that actually wants to be a defender of democracy, a part of the, the, the necessary function of our elections is an American hero at this point. But that Arizona Secretary of State said, we recognize the real and present danger that's presented by the conspiracy theories and the lies. An ounce of prevention is really all we can afford right now. And so that's what we're going to do. And it's not just in Arizona. In Michigan, local election workers have been trained on how to de-escalate situations. State officials are setting up a texting program so workers can quickly contact their bosses and law enforcement if they're in danger. That's an idea that's already been implemented in Georgia. In Colorado, the executive board of the County Clerks Association sent a letter to elected officials across the state begging them to vouch for the integrity of elections and stand against quote, dishonest actors, grifters and bullies who deserve only our disdain and contempt. So to try to fight back against the opportunistic partisan attempt to convince people that they should not have faith in the election system. So this is a mess of misinformation of lies as well as threats and possible actual violence. Mondale, I want to start with you. What do you think? In 2024, in the United States of America, students at school practice active shooter drills. Election workers practice active shooter drills. 
This is disgusting, and it, it it started not with Trump, but the the, the appeasing of Trump when we, people were afraid to call him a liar because you wouldn't call the president a liar, of course, unless it's a black man, like what happened when Obama was given a State of the Union speech, right? So this 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 appeasement has led us to this point where we now have people that are working, and then people want to do both ism. Oh, both sides have problems. They're not taking active shooter drills because of Democratic poll workers mm-hmm. or people out there passing out ballots. This is because of one party and because we've not said anything about it and we don't talk seriously about what is at stake. We are dealing with this, people who volunteer their time to ensure that we can count hundreds of millions of ballots on election day are now have to worry about putting kits, tourniquet kits, like they're in the military at war on their coworkers. This is absolutely dastardly, and it also speaks to the level at which our democracy is falling apart. Yeah, it's run amok, this whole thing. When Representative Joe Wilson said, you lie, there were members of his own party who said, whoa, brother, no, no, no. In the moment, as I recall, they said this to him. But now we just want to treat the symptoms, everything John listed, it's all symptoms, right, of this larger cancer. Okay, this chronic disease that is still not being treated. And some of the remedies to treat the symptoms are even bizarre. I mean, do you know how many law enforcement people were taking place, were in place on January 6th? I'm not talking about the good men and women who were fighting back this riotous crowd. I'm talking about law enforcement members from across the country who came and they stormed the Capitol. Some were on the inside, some seem to have more than that. Some have been charged. So when you tell a poll worker to, well, we're gonna have something where you can text your boss or law enforcement, I don't know. Am I I wrong for saying that could make you a target? We have to treat the chronic disease, not the symptom. You don't have enough medicine for all these symptoms. (laughs) And look, we should say, we should, John, in that moment, we should say that what Sharon is talking about is the overrepresentation of not just law enforcement and first responders, but also military personnel, people wow, that were active and veterans. And I'm saying that as a veteran, people that were not there to protect the Capitol, but to storm the Capitol, people that had sworn oaths to protect folk and also uh, the American Constitution showed up to destroy our Capitol and interrupt the transfer of power. Hundred um, percent. I'm glad that they're, you know, states are trying to do what they're trying to do. Um, I would also, by the way, say that uh, up until 2000, I don't think this is much of a thing. But considering the focus on the counting of ballots and all the conspiracy theories, like, does anyone think that there aren't conspiracy theorists trying to get into those rooms and function as poll workers to cause mm-hmm. a little bit of chaos? And uh, by the way, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I think out of step with the evidence. Maybe there will be no violence. After all, there were a lot of concerns about political violence at polling sites in 2022, and largely that did not happen. So we can acknowledge when the the predictions aren't accurate. But I would also point out Donald Trump was not on the ballot in 2022. And the thing is, Donald Trump could win the election, but he could also lose the election. And I don't know how it's gonna go. But one thing that I do know is there is no circumstance, no vote count, no electoral vote count. Where the Trump supporters are just like, ah, we tried and we didn't quite get it. That is not how it's gonna go. If he loses, the only question is, how far does the attempt to once again overturn the results of the, the, the will of the voters go? And at that point, buckle up, okay, and stay tuned.
Okay, we don't have much time, but we can do this last story, right? I think. Okay, I think it's a necessary update to something we talked about throughout the week. Whenever we're ready, let's jump into this. Well, in fact, our guys have just taken down one of the migrant guys right here on the corner, 42nd and 7th. While all this can you is pan taken. the camera? They've taken over. They've taken over. He is out of control. Out of control. There. All right. Now. So you might recall from earlier this week, we talked about that incident that happened live on Fox News on Sean Hattie's program. Curtis Sliwa, the man in the beret right there and his guardian angels accosted a migrant who had been shoplifting. And there was reason to believe that perhaps some of those facts were not true. Well, none of them were actually, it's a, it's a Bronx resident, there was no shoplifting. And Sean Hannity just broadcast to the nation live an assault on a person by right wingers, right wing vigilantes in the streets of New York assaulting someone. So uh, there was no immediate apology. In fact, Sean Hannity waited more than a full day to say anything about what he did. And when it came, this is the entirety of it. Now, before we go tonight, I want to talk about Curtis Lee's appearance on this show on Tuesday night when members of the Guardian Angels stopped a man and the police were called. Now, Curtis said that the man was a migrant and that he was shoplifting. Fox News has since spoken to the NYPD. Apparently, the statements made by Curtis that the man is a migrant is not true, and the man was given a summons for disorderly conduct. Now, today, Curtis Sliwa acknowledged to the Washington Post that the man has not been charged with shoplifting, and Curtis said, in part, quote, I shouldn't have been listening to the crowd. That was my mistake. I should not have had that knee-jerk reaction. Again, on this show, we always want to set the record straight. But did you? Did you? You waited a full day. And rather than, I don't know, maybe like lead off with the fact that you perhaps made history by featuring live vigilante justice on your show, you decided to fit it in in the last literally 50 seconds of your program. And when you, did you notice, by the way, there was nothing in there that even charitably could be described as an apology? for doing this. You'll remember, he did not push back in any way. As the assault was being broadcast over his shoulder, you know how like we play B-roll, sometimes we play the, the aliens spinning around or whatever. He had a person of color being beaten on the streets of New York. And he talked about how Biden had let in tons of immigrants. That's what he did instead of maybe like questioning the guy or saying, hey, maybe don't brutalize someone live on my show. And all we got was, uh, this guy Curtis Lee was wrong. He wasn't a migrant, he wasn't shoplifting. Here's a follow up question, Sean Hannity. What if he was a migrant and what if he had been shoplifting? Mm. Would it be okay then? Are you are you actually implying that a guy who committed a, a maybe a minor property crime, that you are then allowed to brutalize him? You're allowed to commit a violent crime against him. Well, if that's the case, then I don't know. I just saw live on, T someone, live on TV someone committing a violent crime. Can another person who sees that beat them? Would you broadcast that? Where does this end when you decide that you're gonna deputize random people who happen to own berets to start beating people that they think look suspicious and that they think are migrants because in their own words, they heard them speaking Spanish. In New York City, that was the only qualification that was necessary. You think all of this is appropriate. You didn't apologize for any of it. 
I don't know if he broke any laws. It kind of feels like there should be something bordering on criminality and doing PR for a group like this. And the final thing I will say is not only did he not question Curtis Sliwa live on the air, but he allowed him on his show in the first place. And it's weird that it ended up that he lied about the nature of a crime to make it look like he was cleaning the streets. When if you had fact, if you had done a little bit of research into Curtis Lewa, back in the 90s, he had to admit that he made up six different incidents where his guardian angels would foil crimes as publicity that didn't actually happen. He's been doing this for literally decades, and Sean Hannity, the useful idiot, let him do it live on TV in 2024. Sharon, I want to start with you. What do you think about this? That's bad theater, and you and I talked about that this week. Bad theater. Curtis is um, <laughs> ridiculous, and so are the other red beret wearers that night. And if you can believe it, after everything else, and by the way, I think that Sean Kennedy, Hannity, apologized, if you want to call it that, only because the, the, the lawsuit's coming if it hasn't already been discussed and is going back and forth. And so he kind of said, okay, maybe we were, we'll just moonwalk back a little bit. But at the end of the day here, they didn't know if this man was asking for directions or hitting the corner deli to get a pack of Swiss cheese. And they behaved like buffoons. And they're still at it tonight, okay? The tonight's headline is the guardian angels have now filed a criminal complaint against the man they assaulted and have no right to assault, saying he's very angry, very aggressive. Okay, that's just part of what they said in the daily news. And he pushed one of them. What would you do if you were minding your own business and these guys who are all dressed alike started running up to you and throwing hands? Would you be angry? Would you be a little aggressive? I don't know, it's just a question. Hmm. Maybe you feel you have to defend yourself as you're being accosted Maybe. live on yeah. TV by a mob. Don't get crazy. <laughs> Listen, um, lest we forget. I, I descend from people who swarm from poplar trees in the South, right? The idea that a mob can attack people of color because they committed a crime that was made up by that mob hits me a different way. It felt like in 2024, I'm watching a lynching and I heard a national TV uh, anchor said, can you pan the camera? This is nothing more than highlighting and publishing the maiming and beating of people of color in 2020, 2024 America. We should be reminded that we are not that far removed from when people are lynched and people watch it in entertainment fashion. This is absolutely disgusting. The fact that they are celebrating and highlighting this, I hope the person that was assaulted is calling a lawyer to call Fox News to answer for this. I would and the prosecutor. I think charges, you got me riled up, Mayor. Charges are in order here, not just a ah, made a mistake. I'm gonna end with this. I, I don't know, you know, the entire membership of the organization. I don't know, maybe there's some people that think they're joining up with something that they've sort of heard about and maybe they can do some good or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the motivations of every individual is. I just know what Curtis Lee wants the group to be right now. I know what he is trying what role he is trying to have it play in our political system, the alliance that he has with Sean Hannity, the willingness he, he has to dispatch his members after people because they speak Spanish and look suspicious. So I don't know the people in this organization, but I would say you now know what Curtis Sliwa wants the organization to be, maybe rethink your membership, perhaps. In any event, that is all the time we have for the first hour of the show. Sharon Mondale, always a pleasure to talk politics with you. Thank you to both of you for being here. Thank you, Indeed. appreciate you.
By the way, and you can check out Sharon on TRT Sports, Mondale on Rebel HQ as well. We're gonna take our break when we come back. Jordan Ewell, Helen Hong, Jen Kuger will be here, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.